Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today, we're going to be diving into a topic that pretty much everyone who goes plant based has to wrap their brains around in the beginning, and that is cheese. Cheese is like the number one thing that people say, I would love to go vegan, but I could never give up cheese. We have this affinity to cheese that is hard to break. Um, Luckily, these days, you don't really have to because there's amazing vegan cheeses out there. But anyway, this is an entire topic we're going to be diving into today. I know that for myself, I just could not give up cheese. I tried being vegan once and immediately messed up with cheese. And so instead, I started slowly, slowly, very gradually taking on more plant-based products into my life, soy milk, non-dairy chocolate, and then the last and hardest thing was cheese. And at the time, it was not easily accessible and the options were not so great. But then Dea came onto the scene and at the time you could only purchase it about an hour and a half from my house and in 20, no, in five pound bags, five pound bags. And so we would drive an hour and a half and buy the five pound bag and my friends would all go in on it. And that was pretty much the only way we could get it. And it was like the best. It could melt kind of, sort of. And and, and so that was really what helped me go plant-based is having an alternative to dairy. And, uh, and how about you, Michelle? What was available when you, or what were your faves when you first went? plant-based? Yeah. When I first went vegan, I was in college and I don't think Daya had rolled out yet. If it had, it was very, very small and I was not aware of it. But when I first went vegan, there was pretty much, I thought, okay, I'm never going to have cheese again. (laughs) This is just my new life. And it was so hard at the time. I was, as I mentioned in college, I was living off campus and every morning I would walk by the bagel shop and I would get a, I remember I get a bagel with egg and cheese on it from the bagel shop. That was just like what I did every morning. Gross, I know. (laughs) But going vegan from vegetarian was, that was hard thinking about having to give that up. And then I would also for lunch, almost all the time, lunch or dinner, have a burrito that was rice, beans and cheese, maybe a vegetable, maybe, but it was really rice, beans and cheese. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, I had such a minimalistic, simple diet already that taking the cheese away, whoo, it was hard. It was hard for me to wrap my brain around, but I went vegan a little bit differently than Tony did. I went not overnight, but over like a week, maybe I was like, all right, I'm doing this all at once. And I remember acclimating like my milk slowly. I do like half and half milk and stuff, half plant-based and half dairy-based milk until I sort of got used to the flavor. But cheese was gone just in an instant for me and just had to get used to it. In the beginning, I would use things like avocado and salt. And that was like a huge win. I realized if you dump a bunch of flavorful guacamole on your burrito, you don't really need cheese at all. And soon I didn't miss it. But it definitely like that mental barrier of thinking of quote unquote, giving up cheese was hard. But that was more than a decade ago. And today there's no giving up cheese. Like today that I remember well, also when Daya came out and it popped up in Whole Foods and some other mainstream grocery stores. And pretty soon after that, it wound up like in pizza shops and everywhere. Like you could get things with vegan cheese, but it was only the one brand, the one type that some people loved and some people hated. 
And then today, fast forward a decade, we got a lot of options out there. The crazy thing is though, it's not like all of our options are better than Daya. There's just more to navigate. Now there's a lot of really insanely delicious options that you can barely tell the difference between dairy-based cheese and plant-based cheese. But I still come across cheeses that are so nasty. (laughs) We want to dive into what those cheeses are. But first, Michelle, would you talk a little bit about what is dairy cheese? Yeah. So this is the thing. It's important for us to think about like, why are we so connected to this food? Why is it so hard to give up? And when you just think about what cheese is, it becomes pretty clear. So, I mean, cheese is essentially fat, salt, and a little tang. So it's working on all of our receptors that are craving the things that are generally unhealthy for us, fat, salt, and then the little bit of tang. And the other thing that's in cheese is called casein, which is a protein in milk. It's the protein in milk that's been linked to a lot of really negative things. If, if you've ever read the, the book, The China Study, there's a lot of evidence that casein has links to cancer or can help promote cancer in our bodies. It's been linked to food allergies, a lot of bad stuff. But also casein is essentially when you eat it, your body releases something called casomorphines that well, I guess I pronounce casomorphins that attach to opiate receptors in your brain. And it causes that like feel good feeling of wanting more. And the, the reason that biology has created milk that way is so that the baby cow will want more of the milk from mama cow. It's sort of built in for it to have these semi-addictive properties so that the baby will keep wanting to come back to the mom and drink more milk. And it's the case in all animals, of course, but for us to be drinking these things as adults is not how nature intended it. And it becomes really clear why dairy, but particularly cheese, feels semi-addictive because in cheese, the casein protein is super, super concentrated. So you're getting a lot of that. You're getting the fat and salt on your tongue, which of course you always want more of. And then casomorphins, which make it a little bit addictive on our brains. It's weird because I've been vegan for 13 years and even talking about cheese makes me miss it. And also simultaneously makes me grateful that I can just go into my refrigerator, pull out some Miyoko's, which we will talk about and have that satisfaction. Yeah. I I mean, it's delicious. I wouldn't want to give up cookies. I wouldn't want to give up cake. I wouldn't want to give up ice cream. But cheese has this thing in our society that's been promoted as healthy, as like a health. It's dairy. It's something you want to incorporate into your diet, which is crazy when you think about it because it's not a health food. They say it's healthy because it has calcium in it, but we can get our calcium from plants from far, far healthier things. And when you really look to the root of why cheese has been so heavily promoted and integrated into so many foods and even our like school lunch programs and everything, it's the dairy industry, it's the lobbies. And um, there's a lot of weird political stuff that gets into the promotion of dairy to the American people, at least, that is not at all based on health. It's based on sales for these industries. I think it also depends on your social circles as well. When I was a vegetarian, a lot of my friends appreciated really high quality eating, local eating. And sometimes that mindset takes you to high quality dairy and high quality meats. And I remember going with uh, my boyfriend at the time when I was 
maybe 18 or 19, to the Tillamook factory. And when you're hearing about how this is so good for you and all your friends are really into cheese and you're there experiencing their small farm and you see with your own eyes what picture they're trying to create about their brand, it just reinforces this narrative that you've been set to your whole life about cheese. Uh, But when you dig a little bit deeper into the information behind how it's made and why it's made, it is troublesome and is what ultimately caused me to stop consuming cheese and dairy. Yeah. So on those, those farms, did you see any of the animals and like what parts were visible to you and what parts were hidden that you later learned about? When I was a vegetarian, I was a hardcore ethical vegetarian. I didn't even understand. I was vegetarian at that time. And I didn't understand that cows produced milk in a very similar way to humans. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but just that those parallels did not occur to me. That they have a gestation period of nine months and produce milk to feed their babies in the same way that we do and learning how they had to continuously be impregnated and their babies did not get that milk was hard for me to learn and also was not something that you learn on a farm like that. When you go there, they have some model model cows and they live a seemingly happy life on a large piece of land. And then you get to see a little bit of the production, which is cool. They teach you a little bit about how certain products aren't going to waste and uh, they're, they're utilizing all of the unwanted parts. And I remember learning about cheese curds, curds, is that what it's called? Cheese curds? And being kind of blown away that they were so delicious. And it was also created to use parts that were not able to be used in regular cheese. So anyway, what I learned there was not what I learned later working at a farmed animal sanctuary where we went into factory farms and small farms and got to really see not the model, beautiful, picturesque farm, but what actually occurs to farmed animals. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And even these brands that sort of market themselves as seemingly small farms, like Tillamook sounds so innocent. They have a beautiful picture of a cow grazing on the cover of their products or whatever. But if it's a brand that you've heard of and I've heard of and mainstream has heard of and you see in grocery stores, that is a big brand. You got to dig a little bit deeper. And missing from all of those conversations is a separation of a baby calf from his mom in order for us to have the milk so the baby calf can't. And that is heartbreaking at the very root. But Yeah, we have talked about it before. If you guys haven't looked into just the dairy industry in general and how the cows are treated, I encourage you to do that. And I've also created a Draw My Life video because it can be really hard to watch these images in real life pictures. It's just truly heartbreaking. And so I told the story of the full life of a dairy cow, how they're raised in today's world through illustration. So we'll link that over in the show notes in case anybody wants to watch it. Also, really quickly, I just, while we're on this episode, I Google searched Tillamook Farm, and I feel like this is something that's so easy to do about the foods that we consume and support financially. You can do a quick Google search, and 
There are many photos painting the picture of happy cows, but if you scroll down a little bit, they do have some photos of what it's like for the dairy cows who are on feedlots and who are in cages. And it just instantly reminds me why I'm vegan. Yeah. And then there's also a lot of times in the dairy industry, the male calves are sent to veal farms. And that's not told in that story as well, but it's very much a byproduct of the dairy industry, the veal industry. So yeah, there's a lot when you start digging, that's really heavy stuff. But on to happier topics. Luckily, in today's world, you don't have to give up cheese when you go plant-based or when you go vegan. There are so many options. And we're going to start by talking about the ones that we started with because when we first went plant-based, there weren't any cheese options or they weren't easily accessible. And so we turned to cookbooks and recipes online for homemade cheeses. And it's surprisingly delicious and satisfying to make your own cheeses from scratch. I started with cheesy sauces and like cheese sauce that you'd put with mac and cheese, cashew cheese sauces. There's a lot of different ways to make cheese sauces that are super, super delicious. Tony has an awesome recipe for nacho cheese sauce that is both in her book and on her website. She even has a video for it, right? And it's made from like potatoes, carrots. Yeah, really base, healthful ingredients that comes together. Like you almost can't tell the difference between nacho cheese sauce from a ballpark and this healthful made from plants version, which is really, really cool. We also have a fantastic recipe for mac and cheese in the Friendly Vegan Cookbook that I just cannot wait to share with the world. It is really good. Yeah, that's so good. We've each made it a million times. And anytime we have a party, that mac and cheese is is present. You can make your own ricotta and feta. Tony and I often make plant-based lasagna and you basically grind up tofu or processed tofu. So it's all ground up looking like ricotta cheese, sort of, and mix in spices and some flavorings and stick that in your lasagna. And it's delicious. We also have a recipe for that in the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. And then cashew cheese is, or a cashew sauce is really easy to make. And you can do so many different things with cashew. I know, Michelle, you think it has a specific cashew taste, right? But I think when you're mixing in other things, it can be really versatile. You can do cashew sour cream. You could do it cashew Alfredo, although Michelle's Alfredo does not have cashews and it's the best thing I've ever eaten, I swear. Also (laughs) also in our cookbook. (laughs) Um, So cashew cream is basically just soaked cashews blended in a high-powered blender with a little bit of salt. And water. Yes, and water, sorry, and water. And you can add in all these different spices to make it exactly the way you want it. But I I had for a long time relied on that as my creamy sauce. Yeah, it's so delicious. You can also make your own Parmesan cheese. I mean, really, the sky's, the sky's the limit with cheeses. And today, not only do we have tons of recipes online from amazing blogs, but you can also find great cookbooks that teach you how to make cheese. So if you're really into cheese making or even want to try and make some fancy blocks of cheese that you can serve on a platter, maybe for a party with some guests... You can check out Miyoko's book, Artisan Vegan Cheese. Um, And that was the first one that really came out as a groundbreaking book. Uh, Just 
miraculous. And that was before she even created Miyoko's Creamery, the brand that now sells plant-based gourmet cheeses in grocery stores all around the country. And butters. And butters and now more things. But this is something that you can make yourself in your own home. And the recipes are not that hard or complicated, which is really, really cool. And today there are tons more. Like I'm looking on Amazon right now, just searching vegan cheese under books. And there's the super easy vegan cheese cookbook, The Beginner's Guide to Cheese. Well, I don't know if that one's vegan, but... <laughs> um, there's, a, there's one called This Cheese is Nuts. Yeah, Julie Pyatt, which is, she's Rich Roll's wife. And yeah, This Cheese is Nuts one hour dairy-free cheese. There's just tons of recipe books out there. I can't speak to them personally, except for Miyoko's because I, I haven't made any from Miyoko's Artisan Vegan Cheese Cookbook myself, but I've tried some that friends have made and they're really good. Tony, have you ever made like gourmet cheeses? No, but like you, I have tried my friend Elka or our friend Elka made some from Miyoko's cookbook and it was so, so good. Yeah, really delicious. So if you've never made your own cheese from scratch, make that like on your bucket list after listening to this episode. Please go try a recipe, any recipe, a sauce, a cheese, a hard cheese from a cookbook, whatever it is, and start integrating that into into your cooking repertoire. It's it's easier than you would think. And then before we move on from that, we just take need to take a moment to talk about a key ingredient in many cheeses and cheese sauces which is Nooch, aka nutritional yeast, which is like the world's worst name for anything. It's so funny because you call it Nooch, aka nutritional yeast, <laughs> instead yeah. of nutritional yeast, aka Nooch. Paul calls it golden flakes. I love that. I call it, I also have heard it called vegan fairy dust, which I love because it really does look like fairy dust. So it has the official name, nutritional yeast. That's how you'll see it in stores or online. You can even order it on Amazon. It, they're like golden yellow flakes that have a cheesy flavor that you can sprinkle on food or you can blend up with a creamy sauce and it makes it extra cheesy. You can dump it in your mac and cheese. And really, the sky's the limit for nutritional yeast. And anyone who's been vegan or plant-based for I'd say a number of years, probably has a big stash of nutritional yeast in their home. Yes, I love it. And it's, I, I can't remember if you've already mentioned this, Michelle, but it's also the base of a lot of cheesy tasting homemade foods. So yes. in my, in the mac and cheese, in the pesto that I make, I, I put some nutritional yeast instead of Parmesan cheese, uh, just to give it that little boost of cheesiness. Oh my gosh. Also on popcorn, I melt a yes. little bit of butter and put in some nutritional yeast and it makes a cheesy buttery popcorn and it's so yummy. Yes. So good. And we even use it in, again, I'm mentioning the friendly vegan cookbook, but we have a tofu scramble recipe in there that uses nutritional yeast. I had never done that before, but Tony created the recipe and I tried it at home and I was like, wow, this really does bump the tofu scramble, which is like a vegan version of scrambled eggs up a level. So love Nooch. Moving on. Let's talk a little bit about store-bought cheeses. So we've mentioned that there's a lot out there, but let's kind of share our favorites by category. Does that sound good, Tony? Yes. Okay. So there's a lot to navigate. Before we jump into that, I just want to mention for anyone who's new to shopping for vegan or plant-based cheeses at the grocery store, you have to be a little bit careful. Sometimes you'll see cheeses that are labeled soy cheese or dairy-free cheese that still have casein in them. So 
just if you're not familiar with the brands that are fully plant-based, flip it over, check out the ingredients and just keep an eye out for casein because if you see casein in there, it is not plant-based. Um, so put that one back, move on to the next one. I have definitely, especially in my early days, made that mistake. I think yes. one that has fooled many vegans is Go Veggie. Mm-hmm. They're cheese slices. Some of them are not vegan, so beware. Yep, and then Trader Joe's also has some soy-free cheeses or dairy-free cheeses that are not totally vegan. So keep an eye out for that. But on the on the whole, for the most part, especially these days, the vast majority of the of the soy cheeses or plant-based cheeses out there are totally vegan, which is great. So let's start talking about cheese shreds. Tony, what are your favorites? I'm really enjoying a few these days. Uh, we'll start with one that has been tested by many and also loved by many, which is BioLife. Yep. Their cheese shreds are really good. But lately, I have also liked Good Planet Foods. That can be found at Costco now. And I have been pleasantly surprised with with it. I'm always a little bit skeptical of trying new cheeses. But that's one that I've liked. And then also, maybe you can help me out because I'm having a hard time remembering the name, but it's in like a burgundy bag. There's Follow Your Heart and So Delicious, which are two other popular ones right now. Is it either of those? No, it's in a burgundy bag. Uh, we've had it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Parmella. Oh, Parmella. Yeah. I also like Parmella too. Yeah. I like Parmella as well. I also like So Delicious, their cheese shreds and Follow Your Hearts. And yeah, I just feel like the cheese shreds are getting more and more accessible and better and better. But yeah, again, this is where Deo was the original vegan cheese shreds. And I feel like they're sort of getting outpaced. I actually did a <laughs> a cheese taste test video with my birth father and his best friend a couple years ago. And we taste tested all the vegan cheddar cheeses out there, which at the time they were all shreds. It's also important to mention that Greg's friend was not vegan and Greg had been only vegan for a little bit of time. So they were still, they were giving their super honest opinions. Yeah. The idea was to have one person who was longtime vegan, one brand new and one not at all vegan, and then sort of like figure out the best that would fit all three taste profiles. And I can't remember which one won, but we will link it in the show notes. And I know we did try a lot of these that we're talking about right now, Parmela, So Delicious, Daya, et cetera, et cetera. I want to go back to Daya really quickly before we switch topics. Daya has two different types of shreds. They're old school shreds and they're cutting board shreds. And I really, really like the cutting board shreds. They used it at Disneyland. And that's actually the first place that I had it. Michelle and I ordered a pizza and pleasantly surprised by how it looked like real cheese to me. So. If you're going to try Daya for the first time, I recommend the cutting board version over the old-fashioned version. I agree. Is the old-fashioned version still for sale? I thought they were going to be phasing that out. I saw it at Sprouts. Okay, cool. Moving on to cheese slices. So these are cheeses that you'd want to use cold cut in the sandwiches. What are your favorites for those? Chow cheese and BioLife. Team chow cheese. I gotta give it up for the chow. The field roast chow cheeses. Oh, it's so good. I can I can just like peel off a slice and eat it not on anything. And to be able to say that about a plant-based cheese is saying a lot. <laughs> 
just a note about BioLife. So this is a company that started in Europe. It's been around for a long time. I remember seeing it, I think, when I was in Spain. And it took a long time to get to the U.S. But now that it's rolling out into the U.S., it's rolling out hard, <laughs> hard and fast. What is your favorite flavor of chow cheese? Because I know it, like when I first saw it, there were flavors that I would not really choose for sandwiches usually. What I want is cheddar or Uh, American slices or like something that I knew from before. But when I saw it, it was like tomato herb and all these other funky sounding flavors. So which one do you recommend? Yeah, I usually get the original. I mean, I like them all. There's like, yeah, the tomato herb. It's the one that's orange. It has a little bit of a spicy, flavorful kick to it. I like the original and I'm trying to think back to my cheese eating days. I feel like it's like Jack cheese, right? Is that right? (laughs) That's Monterey Jack. Is that what it is? That's like that. I never really liked American slices. Um, Monterey Jack is white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's sort of what it is like. That's the original one? Yeah. Okay. Um, And that's my fave. That's That's the one I'll get. I'll get, yeah. And if they're out of that, I'll get whatever they have. (laughs) So good. Have you heard of a good sliced Swiss cheese? I haven't. I've actually never had any type of Swiss cheese, dairy or non-dairy. Oh, another thing I want to say about the slices is you can use those for grilled cheese. You can use them for quesadillas. Even quesadillas. Yeah. And you can also use the shreds for the, those as well. Um, yeah. Really delicious. Gourmet cheese. That hands down for me is Miyoko's. A hundred percent. I love, love, love Miyoko's. I went through a little phase where I was really into the Kite Hill when they just came out with those, but those are like a really love-hate relationship with people. Some people love them, some people hate them. And they're not quite as accessible, I don't think. They did a thing when they rolled them out where they put them in the dairy case instead of in the vegan cheese section. So I just like wouldn't end up going there. So it's been years since I liked those for a second. But yeah, Miyoko's uh, hands down all the way a million times of it. I do want to give a shout out to Treeline Scallion flavor. It's a it's a cashew cheese as well. And their scallion cashew cheese is really good. My mother-in-law buys that one and I liked it a lot. Awesome. Of the Miyoko's cheeses, because when we're talking gourmet cheese, they can get pretty pricey. So if you're going to throw down $10, 12 dollars $8 to $12, I'd say at the grocery store on a cheese, you want to make sure you're going to like it. So what are your favorites of the Miyoko's cheeses. If someone's going to get just one. Oh, can I give two? Yeah. Okay. They're both very different from each other, but I like the smoked farmhouse and I like the black ash, black ash. Ah. It's like a white cheese that's covered in black ash and it's really good. It's really super good. Awesome. What are yours? Yeah, mine are very opposite of that. I like the double cream chive. Oh, yeah. That's so, so that's good. really good. I think that would just have to be my favorite. Um, okay. But I also like the farmhouse. It's very different, though. It's like a hard, hard cheese versus... This. Oh, I also love the winter truffle. <sighs> oh, I don't so like that one. So good. Oh, it's so good. If you love... You have to love the flavor of truffle. And I hate mushrooms, but I love the flavor of truffle. I Truffle's hate mm. mushrooms. So and good. I don't like that one. But <laughs> I... Also, really quickly wanted to explain that hers are cheese rounds. 
So there, some of them are a little bit harder and some of them are softer, but still hard enough to put in a round. And they are more for like, I buy them when I'm having my parents who eat real cheese or not real cheese, but dairy based cheese. And it makes it so that they don't even question what I'm serving them. They just love it so much. That's a perfect appetizer. You put it out with some nice crackers and grapes and olives and you can feel super fancy and like you're truly not giving up anything. But do keep in mind, like just like Tony and I, who have both been plant-based for a long time, have opposite favorites. And we also don't like ones that the other one likes. You might try a cheese that you're like, oh, this is nasty. And please, please do yourself and everyone a favor and not letting your judgment of one type of cheese you try or flavor, just flavor. Or, or, or flavor, reflect on all vegan cheeses. Plant-based cheeses come in so many different types, flavors, bases, what they're made from, their texture, all of it is so different. So you really can't, you can't make a, yeah, make a widespread judgment about plant-based cheeses based on just trying a few. Keep trying and find the ones you love. All right. Cream cheese. Kite Hill. Kite Hill's my favorite. It's so good. It's really flavorful. It's a little bit fancier. It's not like, I don't know. It's kind of like the whipped. If you had ever gone to an authentic bagel store, like a New York style bagel store, and they would have like whipped uh, cream cheeses. That's what it reminds me of a little bit. I will stick with the old school. Tofuti has been around quite some time. And I think I just used to the taste. I can tell you that it doesn't taste like Philadelphia cream cheese. That was what I used to eat on my bagels before. But it does the trick. It's it's not the same, but I have served it to people who eat dairy-based cream cheese and they like it as well. That's also what I use when I need cream cheese in recipes. I'll use Tofuti's cream cheese, like if you're going to make a cheesecake or something like that. And while it may not taste like Philadelphia cream cheese, which I cannot speak to, that is the style of cream cheese it is. So it's not like the light fluffy whipped. It's more of like that. I don't want to say plasticky because that sounds so terrible, but you know, like the thick block of cream <laughs> cheese. How do I describe that? I don't, yeah, like Philadelphia style is what it reflects in my head, even though that's not a reflection of the flavor, but just like the type of cream cheese that it is. Also, one thing to note is that you can purchase the Tofuti cream cheese under Trader Joe's private label. So their cream cheese is the one that is the vegan cream cheese offered at Trader Joe's. Yep, definitely. Okay, what about mac and cheese? (sighs) My favorite food. Michelle and I did a taste test video on mac and cheeses, I think, didn't we? Yeah, I remember specifically spitting mac and cheese out of the side of my mouth because it was so nasty. Okay, so I'm going to tell a funny quick story that happened last week. And I'll say that right now, my favorite is Annie's vegan mac and cheese. And there just aren't a lot of options available on the market right now. It used to be Earth Balance, but that's gone. So now I'm eating Annie's vegan mac and cheese. Okay, so we have a dog. And my husband was on the phone with our friend Rachel. And I heard him tell saying like, wow, it really smells like feces in my house. Let me check around here. He checked his shoe. He checked to to see if the dog went number two in the house. And, (laughs) And then he came into the kitchen and was like, oh my 
gosh, there it is. There's the smell. And I was making Annie's vegan mac and cheese. Oh my Um, gosh. I still think it's good. I don't think it tastes like feces, which is good. But it did remind me of Michelle because Michelle had tweeted at them a while back about how their mac and cheese was so bad. Actually, I feel so bad throwing so much accidental shade, but it's just the truth. So I'm going to share my end of the story. So this was years ago, and I think they've reformulated since then. But when I first tried their mac and cheese, I took a bite. I was like, this is horrific. I I can't possibly eat anymore. It's so gross. And so I tried to give it to my dog, Chance, who eats (laughs) everything. Like he will eat a Brussels sprout. He will eat anything. And we don't give him a ton of human food. So like if there's something I'm eating that I then give to him, he's so stoked. He would not eat the the mac and cheese. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, again, this is like one of those things. Everyone has their own preferences. I'm trying to remember there. Oh, oh, there's actually a bunch of box mac and cheese that I'm really loving right now. My favorite is by Possibilities. Oh yeah. Wait, where do you buy that? Because I've looked for it. I've had it once and it was really good, but I can't buy it anywhere. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. I think they also have it at Sprouts, maybe. No, not at Sprouts. I'm not sure. But they're getting increased coverage all over the place. They have a lot of just standard dairy-based mac and cheeses, but then they also, a few years ago, released a vegan mac and cheese. And what's so cool about that is that it's in a box shaped like little sea creatures. Like it's in a fun under the sea vegan mac and cheese box. So the kids will love it. Like, I'm so excited to have an actual fun mac and cheese to share with my little Graham as he grows up. So that's one of my favorites. I feel like it tastes a lot like the standard mac and cheese that you're used to. And then, I mean, before I spend this whole episode talking about mac and cheese, which I honestly could, just another favorite of mine is Amy's frozen mac and cheese. That's what it is, right? I, I failed big time. That one's really good. Yeah, that one's so, so good. You see it in the freezer aisle. Again, they have like a vegan and then a vegetarian one. So you want to make sure that you're getting the totally vegan one, but it's so good. It's just like frozen. You stick it in the microwave and yum. My only problem with that one, although I think it is fantastic, is that it's so expensive. It's I think like 450 or something for a little one serving of mac and cheese while the others are closer to two bucks. Yeah. But it's really good. That is true. And then, yeah, a bunch of other field roasts came out with a chow mac and cheese that I believe is also frozen. Upton's Naturals even came out with mac and cheese. Daya has a mac that I don't love. That one's more like Velveeta. Yeah. It's got a cheesy pouch that you squirt in there. Yeah. Ugh, squeeze. Cool. Squeeze in there. Squirt is not yeah. a good word for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it's, yeah, it's what's happening though. Okay. So yes, mac and cheese. There's lots of options there. I want to talk about the next one because I'm obsessed with one right now and that's nacho cheese. I have been super loving uh, Wayfair's spicy nacho cheese. Have you tried that, Michelle? Well, you told me that I tried it at Expo, oh, but yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. have I forgot. it because oh, yeah, yeah. it was like amongst 5 million things that I tried, <laughs> but you keep talking about it. And so I need to get my paws on some so I can try it. For me, I've been using it to make very healthy bowls, like I would say some quinoa and a can of black beans and some cilantro and avocado, I would turn that into something even better by just putting a little bit of nacho cheese and some corn chips in there. And it is mm, so good. Oh my gosh. I also made tachos with it. So instead of chips under nachos with tater tots, oh my gosh. 
I'm awesome. so, so hungry now. That sounds so good. Okay. Parmesan. Um, oh, I like the follow your heart kind that comes in tubs that are like shredded. Oh. Those are from follow your heart, right? Um, yep. cause what, okay. First of all, when I was growing up, I was veg, I went vegetarian when I was eight years old. And for like 10 years after that, all I ate was plain pasta with Parmesan cheese and cereal, like pretty much <laughs> maybe a piece of broccoli right here. And then I just had the worst diet ever, but I, Parmesan cheese was like a staple in my life. And I liked not the kinds that you'd get in those shaker containers that are like not real Parmesan cheese. I liked authentic Parmesan cheese and the kinds that were shredded just melt on pasta so beautifully. And so, yes, I think the follow your heart ones. I was really excited when that came out. See, I had a different experience growing up. I didn't even know what shredded parmesan was that was the like super fancy and so I had the kind that's in the green shaker I forget what brand that is but I had that one and so go veggie makes a vegan shaker parmesan and it smells terrible but it tastes pretty good <laughs> yeah and then there's also other things like parma that is really oh and um Kelly's like- you don't like parma Oh, no, no, no. I, oh. I don't think I've had it, but oh, okay. I was going to say BioLife. Okay, BioLife. But okay, there's these things called Parma and then I think Kelly's Organics. I'll link it in the show notes, but they make Parmesan cheeses that are very natural and healthy. It's basically just nuts ground up with nutritional yeast and some spices. Um, and I, I've gotten really addicted to those as well. Also, if you don't have fancy Parmesan cheese on hand, which I almost never do in my house, if you take pasta and you love pasta and Parmesan cheese, you can kind of replicate the flavor and just yummy savoriness by just sprinkling on olive oil, salt, nutritional yeast, and garlic powder. Those four in the right proportions are just magic on pasta. Mm. Also, the kind that Michelle was talking about where you shave it onto pasta, uh, that that's the kind that BioLife is. You have to shave it on there. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. They have the blocks. Oh yeah. That's funny. So I got a block of BioLife from Expo West one year and I was so excited because it had been like a decade since I had had a block of Parmesan cheese. I came home and I realized that I no longer owned a cheese shredder. (laughs) So I had no way to use it. I was like using a knife trying to like shave little pieces off. And then I went online and I bought a cheese shredder. But that was something that for 10 years, vegans didn't need to have in our kitchen. And now once again, we do. And it's so beautiful. One other type of cheese we should talk about is mozzarella because that's for pizza. But pizza. Well, mozzarella for a long time. We didn't have that as vegans also or like really good kinds. Everyone would just use Daya. And then Miyoko's came out with their mozzarella. They have a, a mozz, they have a smoked mozz, all sorts of stuff. And again, it comes in a round or like a block. So it kind of looks like authentic mozzarella and you need a cheese shredder or you can just slice it up, but you can shred that on pizza dough or a pizza crust. And it is so good. Does she have multiple flavors of that? Yeah, there's a smoked mozz. And there might might be other ones, but I'm not sure. I usually just get the, the original. Yeah, the original is really good. I did put the smoked mozza on a pizza with barbecue sauce and vegan chicken nuggets and some red onion. And that was really, really good. There, as we mentioned, are so many different versions. These are just some of our favorites, but we encourage you to try as many as you can and 
maybe you'll like you'll like different ones. Yeah, and if you are living on a tight budget and the thought of having to explore a lot of these and maybe not like them is sounding heartbreaking to you in advance, <laughs> get a bunch of friends together, especially if you have friends who are vegan and have each person bring a cheese and just do like a little taste test if you're going to try out different gourmet cheeses or find a way to make it so that it's not all on you. Like a cheese test taste testing party would be really fun. I organized one of those for a nonprofit I worked with. We did a wine and cheese party and it was in like sort of the early days where there were suddenly at least 10 different brands of cheese to try from. So we got a whole bunch of different ones. We put them out with some wine and people got to taste them and rate them and kind of come to a consensus of which ones were loved and Shorts are not so loved. So there's a lot of fun ways you can kind of go about exploring, um, but it's an exciting time. Enjoy it. And, and remember how lucky you are. <laughs> can we tell one more story, Tony? Sure. I think, were you there when we were getting pizza with Greg, my birth father? Uh, yes, okay. I can. I already know what you're going to say. And I still, I've told this story so many times. I'm curious to hear. No, no, no. I want I want to hear your version. Okay. I kind of forgot about it until you told it back to me, but... <laughs> but we were at this little pizza shop and they, we, Tony and I were amazed because they had vegan meats on the menu. I think multiple types of vegan meats on your pizza. And for us, like we became vegan at a time where your pizza was crust and vegetables and maybe sauce. (laughs) And like you, you have to be happy with that. So to find a place that is offering vegan meats was so exciting. And we, so we go in line and we're like ordering and we, I mean, we already have in our heads, like there's obviously not cheese on the menu, but my birth father had gone vegan at a time and a day and an age now when it's just pretty normal to find vegan cheese places. So he was like, cool. So I want this on my pizza and this and these vegan meats. Um, and what cheeses, do you, what plant-based cheeses do you have? And they're like, uh, we don't have plant-based cheeses. And he's like, what? You, you don't have plant-based cheeses? Like he was like so wholeheartedly shocked, but also try, I think trying to market them into wanting to carry it in the future. (laughs) And Tony and I are just like putting our heads in our palms being like, oh my gosh, appreciate what we have now, friends. Yes, it it was so funny. He he was so shocked that they would not offer like, how could you have a pizza place without vegan cheese? (laughs) And, and yeah, Michelle and I were just laughing about it. It was, it was really fun. That was at Expo West. And I think, you know, you get, you get caught up in the moment of vegan everything at Expo West, you try everything. And so to go somewhere and they don't have the the vegan cheese option, he's like, Oh, can't believe it. (laughs) never coming back to this place again. (laughs) Uh, Totally. So just a a reminder that if you're, if you're having all these options around you right now, which many of us do, just, it's a time to be grateful, explore. If you don't like something, don't get mad at it. Just be like, okay, I'm grateful that I even had the option to try something like this. Now, this has never existed in all of human history until right, right now in the past few years. So yeah, enjoy the privilege of being able to go around and find and try different plant-based cheeses. We also recommend if you want to do some more research, checking out Michelle's Dairy Detox. It is a program that helps you detox your dairy. Yeah, for anyone struggling to give up dairy and cheese, like this is what my friend Allison River Sampson and I back were like, what is the thing that people need the help 
help the most with. We want to help those people. And we realized it's dairy. Like that's what seems like is the hardest thing to give up. So we created this 12 day dairy detox program that takes you with a video every single day, covering a different element of evolving to life without dairy and handholds you through the whole process. And you can find that at thedairydetox.com. Check out The Dairy Detox. And also, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash plant-powered people. Yep. (laughs) Okay, I was like, is that right? (laughs) Um, Plant-powered people. We do that because it encompasses a lot of our work. So it supports not only the Plant Power People podcast, but also some of our other creative endeavors that provide free access, tools and resources for anyone trying to step into the plant-based lifestyle. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening, for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope to hear you back, to see you back to know you're here listening to us back. (laughs) We wish we could see you. We hope to have you back for the next episode. We love you all so much. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. 